Okay, before we begin the show, uh, I've got to tell you that we have a little bit of a happy problem to, uh, to deal with here at Stereo Embers, the podcast, and that is this. The show seems to be taking off, and, and that is all thanks to you, and I appreciate that, and it's very exciting. It really is, and, and really, without your support, uh, we'd be nothing. So a million thanks to you uh, for making this show what it is. I don't really know how to repay your kindness, so I'm going to keep doing shows for you. But, you know, if you uh, need me to officiate your wedding or house sit for when you go to France, uh, we can do that too. Just leave me plenty of snacks and uh, we'll be fine. But seriously, I am happy to report the show is taking off. So what does that mean? It means we have a ton of interviews already in the can, ready to go. We have interviews scheduled, and we're scheduling interviews on top of all that. A very exciting time for the program indeed. But what that means is uh, we have a stockpile of, uh, of content to deliver to you. And so we're working faster to do that. What that means is uh, shows are still going to be dropping on Wednesdays like they always do. Uh, but there will be extra shows in between. Like, for example, the one you're about to hear. What I think this all adds up to is, you know, my plan to take over the world with this podcast. Well, we're not there yet, but I do think we can take over a crappy city. And we'll start there and we'll build our way out. How does that sound? All right, let's get to the show. I'm Alex Green and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. I can feel it in the future. I can see it in the culture. My God, that song is so good. I almost played the whole thing. It's so catchy. It's just sort of, I don't know, it's hypnotizing, isn't it? 
It's so catchy. It sounds like summer. I was like, oh, this song is so awesome. I'm going to get my convertible, put the top down, and uh, drive around town and be summer guy. And then I was like, wait a second. I don't have a convertible. And I'm in the middle of a podcast. So let's get back to that. That is the music of Will Dorado featuring my guest today on the program, Max Rayner. Let me tell you a little bit about Will Dorado and Max Rayner. All right, so who are Will Dorado? Formed in California, but originally from Oklahoma, this young band has been around since 2015. And thanks to a nonstop touring schedule, their fan base has been steadily growing and growing. Now, Max's own entry into music is best told by him, so I'll let him do that. But in the meantime, let me tell you a little bit about this band's majestic sound. Buoyed by three-part harmonies, jangling guitars, and hooks that positively detonate. Well, you just heard them, so you know what I'm talking about. Will Dorado are one of the most exciting young acts around. Falling somewhere between Radical Face, the Fleet Foxes, and Ockerville River, Will Dorado's sound is poetic, soulful, and true. They've toured with everyone from Mount Joy to Lindsey Buckingham, and they recently did a Lollapalooza hat trick, playing three shows in 24 hours at the popular music festival. They're set to hit the road again in October with Mount Joy, but Max doesn't want to be out there for too long. Why, you're probably wondering? Well, he's got two young kids at home, and every mile that passes under the tires of the band's van is a reminder of the time that's passing back at the Rayner house. Yes, it's a tricky balance, but Will Dorado will figure it out. And with their upcoming debut album on the way, it won't be long before the world figures out that Will Dorado is the band for them. I really love this band, and I gotta say, Max is a very sweet and gentle soul, and this is a very cool conversation. So, enjoy it. Me and Max having a chat right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. that emotion with the same emotion I remember with summer ending where it's like oh no like it's coming there's nothing I can do about it it's coming (laughs) (laughs) get me before I know it we're all just on a conveyor belt I know and when I see kids like walking to school in August they look miserable yeah well they should be good for them if they're not miserable then gotta kind of question what's going on in their head <laughs> that's true uh how did the uh how'd the summer work out for the band it was rad we have uh you know caa was really cool to us i kind of requested some two months off we basically took the summer off because uh, i had a or my wife had our second child and uh, we were trying to, I was, you know, wanting to stay around for some of that infancy stage, and and we're just now beginning to do some weeks at a time away. But it's been it's been really cool, and everybody, I mean, it's such a family oriented and operated little business that we're setting up. So you know, everyone was excited, and you know, feeling blessed for us having a, another healthy child, and everyone's just kind of happy, I think, to allow that to be what it was and then we got to play Lollapalooza last weekend which was 
you know, kind of just absolutely bonkers. And um, now we're in the studio writing some songs in the rocks. Everything's really feeling positive and good. Well, congratulations on the birth of your of your second child. Uh, that's first and foremost the most important thing. And at, so it's a kind of an exciting time. You've got a lot going on with the band. You've got a family growing at home. I, I don't imagine there's a lot of uh, time where you're binging shows on Netflix. Yeah, there's not. There's all, Yeah, <laughs> you're right. There's also not like a, a lack of emotion going around. It's just like uh, I'm feeling very alive. I'm trying to allow myself to feel all the different things that are associated with that because there are a lot, but... But first and foremost, you're right. We're just we're feeling very happy and blessed, and, and everything is looking looking pretty cool. You know, it, it always feels good to get a little one on the ground and have a beating heart and breathing lungs and all that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean that that is uh, you know uh, it's a remarkable thing to to be growing a family. Uh, at the same time, you're also growing this band. You, I mean, it just seems to me like you're a guy who. Uh, you know, you've got a lot going on, man, even with the summer off. Yeah, I do. I appreciate you, you, uh, you know, paying attention to that. It's, it feels that way. Uh, so it's always nice, I think, for it least to be noticed because it feels a little bit like I'm being pulled around a lot. But, but like I said, I just think like, I don't know, that's really cool. To me, it's, there's almost a strange comparison of I've got this, I have a three and a half year old and a six week old and I'm watching them kind of grow their lives and you know they're they can't shut off their emotions and they react to things and just in a you know such a natural way and it's it makes me feel more comfortable i think to uh, allow myself to view the band as the same thing where I, I just you know there's so many there's so many stressors and so much excitement and so much sadness and it, it's maybe extreme but they're pretty they're pretty like uh similar things i've got these growing kids and this growing band and i, I kind of really feel like i'm learning a lot from my little girls and how to uh just perceive my emotions or allow my my emotions to kind of feel feel like they need to be free a little bit uh, if that makes any sense and and also, what does it do to you as an artist? Does it make you more creative? Brother, I wish there was anything that could make me more creative. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if, if, there's, if there's a secret to that. But there's lots of times where I wake up in the morning and think, wow, it'd be great to be more creative today. But I maybe it does. There's no way we could say no, at least. Um I, but I'm not really sure. I, I think in some way it, it it makes me less creative because I'm not wanting to do anything but try and help. I mean, it's it's just insane how much work my wife puts in. Um, and you know, when I'm home, I it, it really takes a lot for me to say, okay, uh, I'm gonna peace out again and go write for several hours, even though I've been gone for six weeks straight or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's the it's like as far as emotions and thoughts go, yes, I would say there's a massive influx of all of those things. But at the same time, it, it has made everything much, much harder, as you can imagine. Because it's hard to – I just think creativity is something that you, you kind of host and create time for. You know what I mean? You have to be diligent for that sort of thing. So it's it's 
put a damper on some of that in a way. But um, it's just a learning curve, man. I'm not, everything's become a larger sacrifice, but also everything is being perceived and received through such a higher amount of emotion. It's just really cool. Like the great things and the fun things are just great and fun in a way I've never really known. And then the low things are low in a way I've never really known. So it's a very strange spectrum of life right now for me. Yeah, and I I would imagine that, you know, doing something like going to play Lollapalooza or even just being in the studio where you're away from your family, even just for a short time, that might be tricky and, and emotional. I, you're right. I think the saddest I've ever been in my entire life was last week. And I'm not saying that to boo-hoo, but it really was. I mean, the first three nights away, I just was kind of a secret wreck. I mean, I was just, it was so hard. It was so hard. I would wake up at 2 a.m. and then 4 a.m. again just on my own just because I, I, I was like my biological clock knew that's when Natalia would be feeding and when I would I should be going to get the baby and bringing it to her and now she's having to go get it by herself and instead of us looking at this little girl in the middle of the night together she's doing it all alone and you know all that sort of stuff is like fuck I could barely handle it but at the same time the band's doing the coolest thing it's ever done and so yeah, I, mean, I guess that's what I mean. It's just been so, I'm feeling so stretched, stretched out. But try not to be worried about it. Just recognize it as uh, a totally beautiful and human thing. One one of my best friends, Nick Ritchie, lives out in Los Angeles. He he writes screenplays and TV shows and stuff. He's a brilliant dude. But he uh, I and he he's known me long enough to know I went to a big breakup long time ago and I was it was pretty bent over it and he said try not to rush this away because hurting this bad is one of the most human things you'll ever do and, and who knows if you'll ever feel this way again and who knows what there is to find while you're in this state and that's had such an impact on the rest of my life because I think that's so true with just everything with our happiness with our sorrow with our loneliness, our feeling of being far away. It's like, man, those things are not fun and they sting and ache. But there's always like, I don't know, it just makes me think I'm so much, there's just so much life flowing through me right now. Yeah. And, and what your buddy is saying is just like honor every feeling as it comes. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much digging through, you know, the brilliance and peace of Eastern philosophy to see like, well, that's just, everything right right <laughs> like giving everything its due time and allowing it to flow and be fluid just like it is and has to be yeah and you know it's funny i when i was a kid and i heard that john lennon had taken a picture of sean lennon every day for a year after he was born i, I just thought that was like a cool thing but now that i'm older mm. i totally get why he did that and i'll bet you're in a position now where you totally get why he did that too where you want to like possess every moment that your kid is like alive oh i do and at the same time though i think that is one of the cruelest things you can do to yourself <laughs> like, i mean just today i 30 minutes ago my wife sent me a picture of my three-year-old last summer and it's like the amount of baby that has left her in the last year just to kind of it just totally rocked me and I just think it's 
it's one of those things that the more the more you try to hold on to, the harder it all is. Especially when it's like, I mean, I, dude, I can't tell you how nostalgic I am. That's just in my blood. That's how I am, and I I just naturally am heartbroken over watching my baby become a little girl. But it's like, what's the alternative for that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like having leukemia or some shit like. There's just, there's no point to be sorrowful about it, but I just, yeah, it's a hard thing to do. I, but to answer your question, I'm sorry I'm being long-winded, but I, no, no, no. I do relate to John Lennon doing that, but it's a dangerous, that's a dangerous path. Yeah, I mean, because the passage of time is is a natural thing, and obviously you can't you can't push back a river, and if time is a river, all you can really do is just enjoy it going by. Not only that, but it's you completely make it not what it is by trying to. If you put your a cup in a river and scoop it out, what you're looking at is no longer a river. It's just sitting water. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you kind of, I don't know. You 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 make it cease to exist by trying to hold it. So it's a crazy, crazy thing. Well, and I think that you know this. This is one of those things where like. For anybody who is like a hoarder, what they're doing is they're trying to do that. They got cups of water all over their house, and it doesn't really totally. do much, right? Mm-mm. No, other than give mosquitoes a place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is a whole other thing. Uh, when you yeah. when you think about what to do with the band in terms of like um, future touring and um, you know where where it might take you. How much of that worries you in terms of like, or how much do you consider the idea of, well, I don't want to be away from my family for six months or for X amount of time. Is that a consideration now? Uh, I mean, it's the consideration. It's the, it's literally the lenses I look through, but uh, I just know what it requires. But at the same time, I know there's control to be had over it and, I mean, it's just like anything, man. You, the touring and touring and touring and touring, all of that is just trying to squeeze the orange on your success and and pull as much, really, as much success and monetary funds. I mean, really, you know what I mean? Like, you're at the end of the day, it's like just touring and touring and touring is like, I don't know, at some point I think to myself, I want to just be conscious of the fact that like you can you can hit a ceiling on all of that where it just kind of becomes something that isn't as necessary as you're making it and what's the balance between not looking back and missing the first 10 years of your little girl's life and simultaneously you know growing a, a fan base and respecting the other dudes in the band and and going out and seeing the people that are literally allowing you to play music for a living you know what i mean it's all right. just a balance but but oh gosh I, that's why what the first thing i wake up in the morning to think is how much longer till i gotta leave i wish that wasn't true but it is true uh so yeah just always thinking about i mean dude i think about it when i write songs i'll write a song and think shit this feels good to me and then the second thing i'll think is Oh boy, is this gonna feel good to a bunch of other people? Oh boy, <laughs> makes me be away from my house more. And you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so easy to spiral down that road. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it? Wasn't that part so much easier when you were like sixteen in your bedroom writing songs? 
oh dude we'll run into these bands and these little these dudes are 19 years old and jamming out ripping ass on stage and having the time of their life and it's hard not to watch them and think oh what i'd give for that state of mind but at the same time it's like follow that thought through so you're, you're telling me you give away what you have right now and say goodbye to your family and to have you know what i mean so yeah like, yeah shit that bless those dudes i'm so happy for them but i got what i got well figure out a way to make it rock what was the the thing with Lollapalooza that you guys did was pretty that was a pretty interesting schedule where did that whole thing come from and how'd that go uh, you know, it's always just some version of offers and saying yes or no to them. We, you know, we had that week of work and basically a entire summer off. So it was like we did every single thing that, that was thrown at us. That Jade Byrne thing we did the night before, which was super cool and, and let us play, you know, and shake off some cobwebs before our main stage set. And then uh, we had, we got to open up the main stage, which was so cool. I mean, being it was the loudest we've ever been. And, and it was, there was, you know, a few enough people there that you could really hear uh, our band from the stage coming off the monitors. And it was just, I'll never forget that. It was so, so cool. And then we got offered to do another side stage and it's just, we just kind of went for everything, you know, everything that they offered us, we, we took it. Do you think like, God, in 15 years or 10 years or even less, my daughters might be Googling <laughs> like these performances so do you kind of think do you think about how you how you act on stage or is that just something that you don't think about that just occurred to me um i not so much and i've thought i've thought some that about that specifically i don't think so much i think on stage uh millie or milo might be watching this sometime down the road but i i mean there is a certain amount of just that, that principle, principle that's always being around is like, you need to have, have a, in my, I mean, for, for what I believe for myself, there needs to be a certain amount of like, you're always being watched and, and who are you representing and what are you representing and how are you behaving yourself? Because at some point there's, there's like, I don't know, there's a lot of exposure and people, if people are listening to our music and taking emotion from it, taking whatever they, they may scoop up, like, Last thing I want to do is, you know, is be somebody who's not thinking about how I'm behaving or what I'm doing or what I'm saying. If you know what right. I mean, I just—it's always in my head. Yeah, that's kind of how I was raised, though. Like, it's just you know, there's just some of that I think in me, no matter what. But it is a weird thought, right? Because like, yeah, there's some videos or some songs, and like, oh man, I'm gonna get made fun of this. I just, I just can tell already they're gonna be.
Like growing up, were there were there like Oklahoma bands that you looked to, or did you look beyond? Like what in terms of you growing up, um, how how close were you to like the regional sound of where you were? Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if you were a Flaming Lips guy or or that, or did you look elsewhere for your musical inspiration? Man, I am so disappointing in that sense. I didn't know anything. I mean, I didn't I didn't pick up a guitar until I was. Uh, you know, in college, I, I've had kind of a sheltered upbringing. We listened to a very limited amount of music. Um, my mom was a classically trained singer, and we were all uh, forced into piano lessons and that sort of thing. But uh, music was uh, was kind of like a more of a rigid practice schedule to me growing up, and then I got much more into sports and. Let music kind of be its own thing. I, I kind of always thought of music as church associated, to tell you the truth. But I just kind of stumbled into writing songs. And once I started writing songs and seeing that people were 
uh, at least intrigued by them, and it, and it felt good to write, to discover something. That's when I started listening to more music. But it kind of formed a strange relationship as a listener because I think I honestly started writing music before I had been inspired by other writers. So uh, listening to music as kind of an active thing I, I started doing after I was already writing songs, which the more people I meet, I, I kind of just realize how backwards that is. And sometimes it makes me jealous of other people just because I wish I could have been listening to the Stones or, or whoever whenever I was, you know, 14 years old, like so many of my friends, and had just kind of had that instilled in me. But, but now I hear that stuff and it's like, I do appreciate how much I can admire it and think about it from the you know every angle of it. The fact that those guys were writing and what they were thinking of and all that, but but I didn't I mean I didn't know who J.J. Kale was until I was 25 years old or Leon Russell or I mean all of these guys that Steve Ripley. I mean there's these Tulsa is just the music history in Tulsa can rival anything in my opinion especially yeah. as far as players and writers and with art you know you can you it's obviously never too too late to come to something um you know like i i feel like i haven't really spent enough time say with charles mingus's work you know and i'm and i'm 49 and i will do that but um yeah, you just get to it when you get to it. But what was your what was your original plan before you picked up a guitar and you were in college? What were you what direction were you headed? Just forward. I, I mean, I had no idea. I I went to school because I could just tell that my dad thought that was the best thing to do, and I just really didn't care. I mean, I just got done playing high school basketball and running track, and I I was more involved in that lifestyle than I was successful at any of it, so I never even crossed my mind to try to play sports. I just kind of came out of school with no direction whatsoever. And and I'm not ashamed to say I think that is a massive flaw in, our school, in my school, at least. And no one, I was not inspired by a single person other than my fifth-grade teacher. And, and she didn't inspire me much less than she was just a wonderful person we had a great connection i think but like in my lifetime i have not encountered a teacher that had any sort of influence on me it's such a bummer to me because i know people have and i've met so many incredible teachers since then and i know i don't know it's just kind of a bummer to me that that exists but that's how i was that's how i was i just did not have a single clue of what i was passionate about or what I wanted to do. I mean, I I guess I knew music was cool and I could sit at a piano and hear melodies, but didn't really go any further than that. When you picked up a guitar and you found that you had a an affinity towards songwriting and these songs started coming out, that must have been a kind of remarkable moment. It was. I mean, I, I would be lying if I said there wasn't... I can remember an actual moment in my parents old house they had this beautiful living room with this actual grand piano in it and no one was home i don't know why but i had four siblings in my, but I, I i can remember sitting at going in there for some reason and there's a piece of church music open with these lyrics and and just the chord names on top of the lyrics and i knew all the chords and i just kind of 
was familiar with the song and sang through it just kind of however I wanted to and on my own time and it was just like a, I don't know I remember thinking man I don't know it was, such, it was kind of a special moment and I just from then started I saw the piano in a different way and started I think following chord shapes and then started playing guitar a little bit I always just I think I just as soon as I had any sort of chord shape that felt comfortable and pleasing it was just melodies that just come to me so naturally and, and quickly that as soon as I hear any sort of piece of music about a million on top of it I, I don't, you know it's almost like smelling a cookie I, I am so drawn to it and love thinking with inside that stuff but I just it just happened really instantaneously I wonder, like, what, so did someone have a guitar in a dorm room and you just picked it up? Is that how that worked? Well, my brother actually had one uh, at our house, and I can remember, you know, it was like my senior year of high school, getting ready to go to college. He, I think he was in school and had left a guitar at home. And someone has shown me some chords, and I just, I think the thing I remember is I was mostly just fooling around on the piano, but I just, my only dream. My only attraction to it was you could hold a guitar and it didn't have to stay in the living room. You know what trips me out about that is I wonder, like, and maybe you think about this as a father too, is it makes me wonder what else we're good at that we don't know about. You know, like, for example, what if a pal of yours had a surfboard and you're like, oh, I'll just try this, and it turns out you're an amazing surfer. Or not even amazing, but you just love it. I mean, I wonder how many other things there are that we never give ourselves the chance to try um, for for whatever reason that we actually might love or be really good at. Yeah, don't yeah, think don't about think that about too that much. It's a really sweet and simultaneously heartbreaking thought because there's just not enough time in this life. But, I, you know, it should be a goal of all of ours, right, to allow ourselves to be free enough to have the moments where you realize you love something that you've never experienced before. Because you're right. There could be literally anything. I mean, that for me, it was an accidental thing, I guess. And here we are now. I've got best friends and the whole world and I'm meeting all these awesome people and having conversations like this. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? But, but so if, you're, if your kids come to you and say, you know, I want to surf or I want to, uh, you know, play the oboe, uh, I would imagine that you would be somebody who would be incredibly open to supporting that because it's like, because who knows what will happen, right? They might love it. Yeah, you have to be that way. And then it's going to happen. Who knows? If it, yeah, that could be a million things. I just think it's so so sad to think people don't think that way. Finding something that makes you passionate is, you know, it's such a cool thing. So if anybody is passionate about anything, I just think that's then I'm in. That's all I care about. Um, Come on, right. Yeah. Right? That just, yeah. I mean, that's the way Jesus was. Right. He's like, this way, it's the way, yeah, that's how it should be. Right, like if somebody has a passion for architecture or plumbing or uh, you know playing uh, the bass guitar, I'm I'm interested in hearing about it. If somebody is dispassionate about what they do, then it's not so interesting. Well, man, the things that you shouldn't be doing won't make you happy. That is a truth that you can take to the bank because right. 
something that's making you happy naturally, you're not ashamed of it at night, you're not hiding it, you're not thinking, you know what I mean? It's not draining you, it's giving you life. How are you going to tell me that's something we shouldn't be doing? How are your parents, uh, in terms of being supportive of what you're doing now, how's that going? And, and what's their take on your music? I have the most amazing parents. I'm, I'm so proud of that and also conscious of how lucky it is. They're, I mean, they're incredibly supportive. My dad was not uh, involved in this sort of life. He was a, a businessman and was a part of a company and... Uh, my brother and I were never once even asked if we wanted to be a part of that or were told that's what we were going to do. They were just always so involved in trying to figure out what it is we were good at, figuring out our vocations. He was always talking about where your talents meet your calling, that sort of thing. I mean, that's what, that's what they were worried about. Uh, and so they've been stoked on it, dude. I mean, it's like a, I'm 31 years old and... We're not, you know, we're not going around selling 2,000 tickets. I mean, we're still grinding way hard at this, and we're still pulling out of savings and, and you know, really, really working to make room to allow this to continue growing. But it's just one of those things that there's not been a single closed door on us. There's not been a single thing that's been forced. And we're good at it, and we like it, and, and they can just tell that. So, like we are just talking about, how are they going to tell me this is something I should stop doing? Well, what is the next step for the band? What What does the future, in terms of the immediate future, look like? Um, we gotta, we got to get way more songs recorded. <laughs> and and uh, I think that will always be the story of the band. Um writing and recording and that's what a band is and then uh learning to play those and, and going and giving them to the people that are listening that's uh we're currently what we're doing we're in the studio working with a dude named chad copeland who's going to be responsible for a bunch of the new he did surefire that just came out and a bunch of the new music that will be released um so spending as much time as we can here in Norman, Oklahoma at Blackwatch Studios. And then uh, we go to Nashville in 10 days and get to record a track with a dude named Andor Pedralia, who's really badass. He's like kind of invented Kings of Leon, but did like their first six record. Uh, we wrote some with him, and he's going to he's gonna record one song. We may, we're, you know, we're really particular about paying for and owning our masters, so been difficult to make that work basically all the money that the band makes we just put right back into our recording uh so we're kind of doing a deal where we're like there's these opportunities that come in from different producers who are interested and we're you know keen on making relationships and learning from people but also having to be particular about how much we can do you know what i mean or at this point we can't afford indigo and record 12 songs with an a-list producer but I don't think that's really that necessary. Right now, we're just collecting collecting tunes in, in the quickest and uh, best way we can. Are you guys doing any touring in the fall? Is that there's something on the books for like October? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we get to go back out with some of our great friends in, the, in a band called Mount Joy. Oh, yeah. Supporting those dudes. Uh, I think we've got like... 10 dates with them right now. They're doing a big national tour, and I think are picking up 
different supports in different markets, but we're, we're, we're on several of those. And then I'm, you know, usually when it's looking scattered like that, CAA will fill in, I'm guessing, some headline shows, or we'll maybe jump on different supports. But, yeah, we've got – if you check out our, our website or Instagram, we've got uh, we've got a, quite a few dates in October already. Well, you know what's cool is, like, on this show, we – you know, we've talked to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, people who have had careers for six decades or whatever, and it's fun to talk to to you at this point in your career. I, I just think it's really interesting, and a lot of people who listen to the show are just picking up a guitar themselves and starting a band themselves, and I, and I think this is a really cool conversation for them to hear um, because, you know, you don't you don't have 10 records under your belt. So you guys are you're just growing this thing and it's such an exciting time. And I just think it's really interesting yeah, yeah. to capture you at this moment. Well, I, first of all, thanks for being interested. Uh, it means a lot. But it, you're right, it is crazy. And there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of just trying to decide uh, between what you want to do and what uh, is going to help the band have any sort of longevity or, or uh, increase in listenership there's i mean we're always kind of we've got such i just think we've got such smart management and and they've done such a good job creating and curating something uh that kind of came from nothing and, and doesn't have a bunch of you know label support or i mean all, all we're doing is recording music and figuring out how to release how to it, and then how to get out and play out, shows. But, but it's an interesting time, dude. There's just things. I mean, for example, from the very beginning, all we wanted to do is make a record. We started the band by making a record. We ended up putting that out as two EPs, and, and now we're, I think, five EPs in if you count. Uh, we did a series of singles that we ended up just kind of collecting on Spotify. But if, if you count that as an EP, it's five EPs before doing what we wanted to do most. And I, we're going to now working on our first LP, but there's just certain things that you got to kind of, I think you just got to roll with the punches on and what's happening today and how much of it is just solely doing what you want to do as opposed to taking some advice or being coachable and workable. And, you know, it's all, everything's just such a, a balance, a balancing act, right? But, it's cool. I dig it, dude. I mean, at the end of the day, I and mean, it's easy to talk about. We're we're basically running a little startup. We've got a product, and it just happens to be our music. And what's the best way we can grow our market share to ensure we can keep doing this? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and before I let you go, you guys are on Bright Ante- Bright Antenna, right? Yeah. So epic. We've loved them so much. Well, so this will trip you out. This is. I'll leave you with this. So Tiffany, I went to college with her. No way. Yeah, we we were, we went to this private Catholic college out here in the Bay Area, and we recognized that we were both freaks, and that we were you know kindred kindred spirits. <laughs> Dude, and, that girl is a, is such an inspiring person. She's they've been her just even her her and her husband have just been so so sweet to us. Yeah. They're great people. I think and they run a great shop, and yeah, they just are good people. They are, and they really care, obviously. And and what's so great about her is that she said to me, because she came from Ohio, and I was out here in the Bay Area, and she said to me, okay, you obviously know what you're doing with music, because I was a DJ, 
And she said, tell me what I should listen to. And I gave her a list, and she bought everything I recommended. And I was like, that was really cool. People don't usually do that. <laughs> yeah, that's rad. You're a cool dude, I can tell you, because that, that kind of stuff, it should be appreciated, right? And yeah. It's just not. It's like, that is your gifting. And when someone takes such advice and leans into a suggestion like that, it really does make you feel good when your talents are appreciated. I saw you were in Brad and Tim. I love Scott and, and Tiffany, but but yeah, she and I met at 18 years old, which is... Um, How cool. I know. It's funny because she left after our freshman year. She transferred, and I was heartbroken because she was like a really good oh, confederate for me um, because it was a kind of a conservative school, and she and I were not conservative. And mm. um, Anyway, so yeah, so I think I think she'll be thrilled that we spoke. I didn't even know that until you know 10 minutes before we talked. Well, before you before you uh, run along, I'm, cu- I'm curious how how are your relationship now with conservative people? Because I'm always looking for people to ask that question that I respect uh, their opinion. But not only that, have actually spent time around conservative people because I think it's really easy to throw out harsh judgment on uh, that that grouping of people um, without having spent much time or hearing them out and try to understand at least where their thoughts are coming from. Do you have any sort of relationship yeah. with that idea? I do. And it's a, that's actually a great question. I, you know, I was raised super liberal. I'm here from the Bay area. Um, but I'm also an adult. And so I feel that if somebody is conservative and, and I'm, and I'm not, we're adults and, and we get along beautifully as, as long as somebody isn't dogmatic to the point where, uh, they hate people. Um, you know, if there's any kind of like hatred or marginalizing of whether it's the LGBTQ community or immigrants or whatever, uh, you know, aside from that, as long as nobody hates anybody, I get along with anybody, man. I, I'm, I, I appreciate the idea that people have different views. I, sometimes the danger is you create your own echo chamber and that can be, that can be limiting. I like, I like the people, I, I have friends that are conservative and I, and I love them. And I think being an adult about it and not being emotional and silly, um, we get along great. Yeah, that's cool. I was curious. I mean, things are, this is going to be such an interesting, uh, you know, next 18 months. Be, I just wish that people would, on, on both sides of the fence seek to hear, hear each other out, despite how alarming initial views can be. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. I, I think everyone, despite what they think, despite how aggressive it may seem, left or right, there's like this sense of no one just like has those ideas. There's always a little bit of a behind the story on it, and and I think it's just it's so important to figure out like where are those ideas coming from, and how right. before we decide what's right or wrong, how can we try and relate to each other's train of thought? Yes. And I, and I think ultimately we have to be decent to each other and protect each other and look out for each other, um, yeah. because you know because if you if you don't look out for one group they aren't going to look out for you, and I think we all right. need you know to kind of be together. And I know that sounds a little bit um, idealistic, but I think ultimately it's it's true. Well, there's no reason it's not true. It's every every smart person has just said that, right? <laughs> Just, yeah, no, no, no. 
Well, man, yep. you're a great dude. I honestly really enjoyed talking to you. I thought that was a nice note to uh, end the podcast on, the idea that we should all be getting along. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I also like the idea about me being a cool dude. But more importantly is we should all be getting along, don't you think? WillDorado.co will get you everything that you need to know about that band. I love them. I really do. Uh, They truly are one of the uh, bands to watch in 2020. Oh, watch them now. Go to their website, buy their music, uh, listen to them, watch them, do whatever you do with music. I don't know how you ingest it these days, but however you do it, just uh, do it with these guys because they uh, are worth it. You know what else is worth it? Going to my website, alexgreenonline.com. Go there, check it out. Everything you want to know about me and more can be found there. And Stereo Embers, the podcast, can be found everywhere now. You name a podcast platform, go ahead, name one, we're on it. Spotify, Google Play, Last.fm, iTunes, Apple Music, and now iHeartRadio. You can follow me on Twitter at Embers Editor, or you can follow me on Instagram, Embers Podcast, or go ahead and email me, editor, at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Maybe there's someone you want on the show. Maybe there's someone you want me to bring back. Maybe there's somebody you want me to never bring back. <laughs> Who would that be? I don't think I don't think any guest has been horrendous. Everyone's been lovely. So if you have a problem, uh, well, I'm curious to hear it because I didn't hear it the first time around. Maybe I missed something. Maybe there was some hostility that I was uh, interpreting as love. Trust me, uh, that's happened before in my personal life. So why not in other arenas? Anyway, uh, if you wouldn't mind, subscribe to our podcast on any of the podcast platforms that I just mentioned. And while you're at it, you know, a nice rating, a couple of stars, throw those things our way. We would really appreciate them. We always appreciate you listening to our program. Thank you for your continued support of Stereo Embers, the podcast. Let's close things off with our pals in Wilderado. This is Surefire. I'm going to get inside my convertible and drive down what's left of the summer highway while playing this song as loud as I possibly can. You do the same, okay? I'll see you next time right here. Thank you again for listening to Stereo Embers, the podcast right here on Bombshell Radio.